I would like you to turn with me to the book of Judges. Book of Judges. We're going to start in chapter 19. We've uh, finished the book of Titus. And um, a couple weeks ago I knew we were coming to the end um, of Judges. I was just asking the Lord what he would have me to teach. I was thinking about preaching this on a Sunday night, but uh, uh, it just kind of worked out to be able to do this here. But uh, I want to preach a series of messages on encouragement. And we're just living in a day where, I mean, it's a rough day. Politically, economically, busily. You know what I mean by that? Uh, just uh, constantly busy. I'm going to ask your indulgence here. You've got to forgive me. This is like a full-on wool leather coat, and it's killing me. So please forgive me for that. Um, and so anyhow, I mean, even I, I've noticed quite a few of my preacher friends, you know, you just uh, just uh, down and discouraged. And so I kind of want to talk about encouragement here this morning. And uh, to do that, I want to take and think about, uh, you know me, I like to study the word, where it came from, its first mention, stuff like that. And uh, it was very interesting. By the word, the word encourage, using the Bible a little bit, encouragement, believe it or not, only a few times, only a handful of verses, less than six. And uh, now, not that the Bible is devoid of encouragement, because it's not, it's, it's full of it, and we're going we're gonna to see that. We're going to have quite a few messages on this. But... Um, it is interesting to go back and to take and to look at the number of places where it, it, it is talked about. In the very first place the word encouragement is used, not the word first place the word encourage is used, but the first place that the word encouragement is used is in Judges chapter 20, verse 22, okay? Now, I don't know how many of y'all know your Bible geography well enough just to know exactly where we are automatically here, but you remember the book of Judges, really, the theme of it is every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And in chapter 19, it starts out saying there was no king in Israel. And so, if you will, there was nobody to suppress it. Uh, you know, we talked about dispensations Sunday night a couple weeks ago. And one of the dispensations God gave us was human governments. And human governments, what is human government's job, ultimately? Um, they really have a very limited job. But human government is for the defense of the nation and for the punishment of evildoers, okay? That's literally their job. That's, that's the, their mandate from God. And, and so what he's saying here is everybody's doing that which was right in their own eyes, doing whatever they wanted to do, and it's becoming a very evil day. I want you to think about this. But, um, I mean, the last election, you remember, because people weren't getting their ways, they were lighting cities on fire. All kinds of some of the most wicked behaviors being tolerated in our societies. To be quite honest with you, it discourages Christians, doesn't it? And you just kind of get down. Well, I want you to see that, if you will, Judges chapter 19 and following, that's the kind of day they're living in. Matter of fact, I don't really want to go into it too deep, but the problem here is a Sodom and Gomorrah problem. That's what's taking place in chapters 19 and 20. Okay, a man is traveling. He has a concubine. A concubine, 
uh, is just, uh, she's a wife. I mean, we call them a concubine, but it's, it's just the difference in how they get married, okay? But if you will, um, he has a concubine, and, and, uh, and uh, just like in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, they, they ask for the men to come out that they may know them, and, and uh, the, the man runs out and said, no, this, these people are under protection of my house. By the way, that's another wonderful message if you ever want to study it. But uh, if you will, they're under the protection of my house. And then they said, take the women and abuse them. And they did to the point that the concubine died. And so this man in his grief, because there was no justice, he's, he's, he said, I don't know what to do to get justice. There's no king, you remember. And so the Bible tells us in chapter 19, and if you were to read it, and I'm only paraphrasing for you now just because there's so much text here. I don't want to spend the whole time reading. But if you want to go back and read it for yourself, it's a very interesting story. He takes and he cuts the body of his concubine up into uh, 10, 12 pieces. I can't remember. Uh, It doesn't say how many, but he, he sends one piece of her body to every tribe in Israel. And you got to imagine, people are just horrified. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, think about this. I, this kind of, what in the world? What's going on? He says, well, you think that's awful. Let me tell you how it got to this point, okay? And what had happened is in this, in this city here, they had taken, and um, uh, in the city of Gibeah, the Bible says in verse 29, it's the city of Gibeah. The Bible says it pertained to the tribe of Benjamin. And so, if you will, the tribe of Benjamin, they said, you've got to be punished. Why? Because you let this go on in Gibeah, okay? You're, you're, not, you're not keeping, uh, you know, your population under control. You've got some wicked things going on, and you're doing nothing about it. And by the way, God, God holds people accountable, does he not? And so that's what these people were doing. They, they, were, they were keeping them accountable. And so you know the context now. We'll, we'll take and we'll look at it more. But uh, if you will, the word encouragement here is in Judges chapter 20 uh, and verse 22. And the Bible says this. It says, and the people, the men of Israel encouraged themselves and set their battle against, uh, again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. Now, what has happened? They, they went out to punish Benjamin. The only problem is, if you know anything about the Benjamites, uh, they had slingers and archers, and they were the warrior tribe, okay? And so when they went to go punish them, Benjamin beat them back. The bad guys won. You guys understand? And so if you will, these people are very discouraged. They're down. They're saying, this, this is not right. This is a terrible thing. And, and, and now they try to do something about it, and they're the ones being punished. They're the ones dying. And so if you will, they, they were discouraged, if you will. And so before we go on, let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, we do thank you for the privilege to open your word. Father, we thank you for the privilege to worship together with our songs, to fellowship together. And Father, we just pray that you would uh, bless our time, help us to put aside the cares of the world for our time, speak to our hearts. Thank you for the praises that we've shared today, your protection, your watch care. We do pray for those who are grieving today. We pray for those who are traveling. And Father, we just uh, pray for those who might be sick. Father, we pray that your will would be done in us today. We ask this all now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And so, if you will, hard times show us our, our great need for encouragement. 
And we are living in hard times. Now, I, one thing I, I like to always say, we're not living in the hardest of times. I've I got to tell you, I think there's been some hard times in the Bible, amen? There's also going to be some hard times coming, even harder than this, okay? But if you will, notice the context here of this first mention of encouragement. And the context was the evil that had to be put out of Israel. Uh, look at Judges chapter 19, look at verse 12. I, I told you about this, but I want you to see it. The Bible says this, it says, And his master said unto him, We will not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger uh, that it, uh, is not of the children of Israel. We will pass over to Gibeah. Okay, well, he, he could have stayed in a town outside of Israel, but he didn't feel safe there. <laughs> Think about that. Everywhere he went, he didn't feel safe. He felt safe in his home, and he felt safe in his guest's home where he found his concubine, if you will, his father-in-law's house. And uh, if you go even further, it looks like uh, evil was abounding. They were trying to do something about it, but the only problem is evil was winning. Go back to chapter 20, look at verse 21. And the Bible says this, it says, uh, And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day 20 and 2,000 men. That's 22,000 men trying to avenge the death of one woman. Okay, now I got to tell you, how many of y'all think they might be just a little discouraged? <laughs> okay, they're trying to do the right thing. They, they've taken, they've organized, they're, they're trying to do the right thing, and, and, and they, they lose. Now, in, encouraged here means to take courage or to be strengthened or to grow strong. How many of y'all, when you get discouraged, you just feel weak? You know what I'm saying? You feel weak emotionally or you feel weak spiritually, or you sometimes you even feel weak physically. Uh, uh, by the way, discouragement can lead to depression. Depression can lead you to staying in bed all the time, okay? And so if you will, it saps our strength, emotional and, and spiritual and, and physical. And, and so if you will, when it talks about encouraging, it's talking about getting your strength back, if you will, okay? And so that's what encouragement means. Um, uh, it also means to become resolute. We're going to do something about this, okay? And so most of the time that this word is actually translated in the Old Testament, it's talking about strength, okay? It's talking about strength. Um, now, here's one thing I want you to notice when it comes, because we're going to look at a number of incidences, how that we can be encouraged, how that we can encourage, get encouraged, okay? But words are very important. Notice what the Bible says in verse 22, again. The Bible says it in verse 22, it says, uh, it says, and the people, the men of Israel, say the next two words with me, encouraged themselves. And so if you will, they, they tried to dig deep. They tried to get into their reserves. They, they tried to, if you will, double down. They, they, they tried to suck it up. Okay, that's literally what it's, it's saying there. It's, it's talking about, we're going to encourage ourselves. We're going to put more strength into us. But I got to tell you this, if, if you don't have a reserve, then you don't have the strength to draw from. Y'all understand? And, and so we're going to see later down the road that if you're not drawing from a higher power, then you're not drawing, okay? You're not actually getting strength, and you're just using up more of your reserves. Anybody here ever driven past your, your uh, E mark on your car? That's, for some of us, that's the greatest act of faith we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, there's been a couple times here lately where I had actually gotten a little bit lost and I was driving somewhere on the GPS. Can I tell you, GPS is, is wonderful sometimes. 
But then there's the other times where it's not wonderful. And uh, it, it kept passing towns with no gas station. And I had 40 miles of gas, you know, 40, 30, 20. And then it just turns off and starts flashing. You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, just, oh, Lord, please. Can I just tell you this? I could have prayed all I wanted to. I wasn't putting any gas in the car. You all understand? And so when we try to encourage ourselves, by the time you're discouraged, your reserves are gone. Your reserves are depleted. You, you don't have strength by definition. That's the reason that you are discouraged. Okay, And, and, and so if you will, when the Bible says they try to uh, encourage themselves, you're going to see it just led to further defeat. Because the next battle they went to, they got beat again. Okay, We'll, we'll look at that. It's interesting, like I said, that this didn't lead to victory, but it led to another defeat. Look at verse 23. In uh, Judges chapter uh, 20, verse 23. The Bible says, And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even, and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. Now, please take this the right way. I'd be very interested to understand how they asked the Lord. You guys ever pray what you want? forgetting that maybe you should say, God, I want your will. Okay? What were they asking for? They were asking for victory. They were asking for the ability to defeat their enemy. And so they asked the Lord, let us go up. Okay, go up. I will tell you this, sometimes God allows you to do that which is on your heart. Okay? And so why am I making this distinction? Well, I'm going to show you, they prayed to the Lord twice, but only one time did he say, I'll give you the victory. Okay? Only one time did he say, I'll give you the victory. And so in a sense, they, they come and they, and they pray and they say, shall we go up? Yes, go up. But they didn't ask for a battle plan. They didn't ask if they were going to win. They didn't ask if it was God's will. Anybody ever prayed about something after you've already done it? I didn't want to be the only one. Dear Lord, please bless that car I just bought. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? And then later the car is a lemon, and you're like, man, what's the deal? And I said, well, you probably should ask the Lord about the car before you bought it. Amen. And, and how many of you all know that a lot of times that's how God educates us? That's how he teaches us. And what was the problem in Israel at this time? Every man did that which was right in their own eyes. And so they were, in, in, in a sense, they were, they were giving lip service to God. They were taking and saying, oh, God, uh, help us to defeat our enemy. Go, we want to go to battle. Well, then go to battle. Go to battle, all right? But notice, uh, I, I think that uh, God was still trying to get a hold of them here. Why? Because keep reading. The Bible says, uh, they asked counsel of the Lord, and they said, shall I go again to battle against and, uh, uh, the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, go up against him. And the children of Israel came near again the, uh, against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed them down to the ground of the children of Israel again. <laughs> they were utterly defeated. How many did they lose the first time? 22,000. How many did they lose this time? 18,000. All that drew sword, meaning these, these weren't just citizen soldiers. These were guys that were trained soldiers, and they just got defeated by the smallest tribe in Israel. Smallest tribe in Israel. You'll find out that later if you study. And so if you will, 
they, they, they encouraged themselves, but they never once time said, God, is it your will? By the way, if you're going to be outside the will of God, how many of y'all think you're going to be discouraged? Amen? How many of y'all, if you're making, saying, God, sanction my decisions, how many of you think ultimately you're going to lead to discouragement? Okay? And so, if you will, the, the law first mentioned here, the Bible says they encouraged themselves, but they weren't encouraged. Why? Well, they didn't. They encouraged themselves. They were drawing from a reservoir that had no strength. Okay? Uh, they were drawing from an empty well. Now, notice he does say the next time they finally come to him, they finally come to him right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, read verse 26. It says, Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the, what's the Bible say there? House of God. Something's different, isn't it? They didn't go to the house of God last time. They just said, God, bless me. Okay? No, this time they went to the house of God. The Bible says, and they wept. They probably were sorry. Probably sorry for more than the loss, but also sorry for how they did it. Okay? The Bible says, and they sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even. Fasted? Folks, what, why do you fast ever? Why do you fast? Why? Okay, yeah, but what's the purpose of fasting? Think about it. It's not just not eating. Yeah, in a sense, you're emptying of your strength. You're not eating. And you're pleading for God's strength. Y'all see that? And so, if you will, they started fasting and said, look, we tried encouraging ourselves. That didn't work. Okay? So, we're going to be empty of self this time. And we're going to ask you to fill us. Okay? Give us the encouragement we need. Give us the victory we need. And the Bible says, uh, uh, they fasted uh, that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. Now they're asking their question. See, the first thing is they did, they prayed and they fasted. And, and by the way, now they're also waiting on the Lord. You see that? Before they just said, Lord bless us. This time they're kind of waiting on the Lord. Okay. And so then he gives the answer. And uh, verse 27, then the children of Israel inquired of the Lord for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days, not just in the house, but before the Ark, before the Lord himself. It says, and Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, by the way, now they they got the right, what's the priest's job, folks? Help me now for a second. They just emptied them of themselves. Now what's the priest's job? Yeah, but yes, absolutely. He's a mediator. He's a mediator. Remember how the, it talks about the daysman? Christ is our great high priest. He's the mediator between us and God, okay? And so this time, Phineas, the mediator, okay? By the way, God's government. God's in charge. You see how their whole attitude and, and their whole their whole. Uh, way of doing things has changed from we're going to encourage ourselves good <clears throat> you just got defeated okay maybe we should get encouraged God's way how's that empty of self doing things God's way God's man okay the, the, the high priest okay and, uh, and and by the way anybody ever bunched your head against something and then you learn a hard lesson that changed you for the rest of your life can I just tell you this? We, when we were early Christians, bought a house that we knew 
I knew in my heart, I don't know about Mindy, but we, we knew we shouldn't be buying this house. We just wanted the house. We could afford it. We wanted the house. Uh, I just never had any peace, but I was a young Christian, didn't really know about all that. And can I tell you what, um, that, that house ended up costing us a lot of money. It cost us $10,000 to sell it back when $10,000 was a lot of money. <laughs> okay. And it was a lot, it's just a lot of money now, but it was a really lot of money back then. And, and as soon as that happened, we're like, we're not buying anything without praying again. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that ever again. Why? Because we learned that very hard lesson. Okay, I, I pray that we never would do something like that again. And uh, and so, if you will, spe- I mean, especially if you know. Okay, especially if you know. And uh, and so, if you will, they they did everything God's way. And and so, if you will, in verse twenty-eight again, Phineas. Then Phineas asked this question. He says, "Shall I yet again go out to the battle against the children of Be- Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease?" Now they're asking, "Say, Lord, should we go?" They're, they're not just saying, "Bless us as we go." They're saying, "Should we go?" Okay. He says, "Go." He says, uh, "The Lord said, go up." Okay. Because see, their heart and their attitude and everything they did in this situation was completely different. He says, "If you go, I'll give you the victory this time." Okay. He says, he says, for tomorrow I will deliver them into thine hand. Okay? And, and so if you will, this law of first mention, when it talks about encouragement, it talks about the importance, if you will, of making sure that you're not just giving yourself a rah-rah chant. You're just not having somebody pat you on the back. But you're going to the one that has the reserves to fill your need. He could give you the guidance you need. How many of y'all ever get discouraged because you don't know what to do? I mean, think about it. That's, that's one of our biggest frustrations at times. Well, fast and pray and ask God. And then when he gives you, when he gives you direction, have, take and trust that. I, I'm a pastor. I'm, I've been a Christian for 38 years, I guess. 38 years I've been a Christian and to be honest with you, I'm just now learning to be sensitive to God's leadership when he, when he points something out. You know, every once in a while you think, well, that's just a thought that ran through my head. But have you ever noticed sometimes those thoughts won't go away? And, and so you're like, well, God's saying something. God's saying something about that. And so you, you learn to, to trust and, and to guide and uh, be led, if you will, of the Lord and by his Holy Spirit. And, and if you do that then you can have that encouragement in times of difficulty and defeat and, and in, in the hard times that we're in, okay? And, and so, if you will, that is the law of first mention. There. Now, it's also uh, used in um, the book of uh, Deuteronomy. The, actually, the very first time it talks about is in Deuteronomy, but I'm going to use that for another lesson. But it talks about encouraging Joshua when he takes the people into the land, okay? And we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But I do want to talk about uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 now. 1 Samuel chapter 30. You guys are familiar with this one. This is uh, David. He's got, uh, he's running from Saul. He's running back and forth from the Philistines. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Uh, He's afraid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's in charge of at least 600 people, at least. He's, that's just the soldiers. That doesn't count their families and their children and everything like that. 
And uh, he goes off and uh, he goes to the war because he knows the war is coming. And, uh, and then he comes home. You guys know the story. He finds his city burnt and all the wives gone. Okay. The Bible says that the people are thinking about stoning him. Can I ask you a question? Have y'all ever had a bad day? <laughs> I'm telling you what, he had a bad day. He was down. Amen. But notice the contrast between what he does and what, um, and what, excuse me, uh, uh, what the children of Israel did against, against Benjamin. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, the Bible says, And David was greatly distressed. Amen. What's the root of the word distressed? Stressed. Any of y'all ever get stressed? We have a lot of stressors in our life. Everybody's shaking your head, so I don't have to go into this. We know what stresses us. Family, finances, the future. I'm trying to think of all F words right now. Here I can. <laughs> trying to alliterate here. And so, anyhow, but uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stressors in this world here. But he was distressed, man. And you can understand why. He's lost his wife. He's lost, uh, lost a battle. He thinks he's lost the kingdom. He, he just, uh, listen, he has got to be beside himself. The Bible says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was, say it, help me now, when everybody's stressed, is it hard to be encouraged? Yeah. Because, if you will, we're living in an age where, man, everybody's on edge. You know, why'd that guy jump out in front of that truck, man? He was on edge about something, you know. And, and so, you think about this, everybody's on edge. And so, it, it makes it so that, um, I don't know. I, I, I'll, give you this, I'll give you this illustration. Um, have you ever noticed a smile is contagious? Some of y'all smile back at me, and some of y'all are refusing to do it. Okay? Smile is contagious. Well, can I tell you, stress is contagious. Distress is contagious. Discouragement is contagious. Amen? And so, if you will, he's in a, he's in a time, and he's in a, uh, he's in a situation where he's distressed because everybody else is distressed. Now listen, David, man after God's own heart, the friend of God, a friend of God, the, 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 the term man of God is used more for David than any other person in the Bible. That's, that's an impressive thing to think about. And so if you will, uh, again in verse 6, continue, the Bible says, uh, every man was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But, just stop there for a second, but, what was the difference? Okay. The Bible says he was greatly distressed. He was stressed. But if you will, he wasn't overwhelmed. He wasn't overcome. Why? Because he encouraged himself, notice the next words, in the Lord his God. You see that? See, here's the difference here, and he's making it perfectly clear, is when we try to encourage ourselves, you're going to keep drawing from that reserve, but as soon as you're out, you're out. Okay? I will tell you, whenever I do family counseling, I talk about his bank, her bank. You guys have probably heard that illustration before, right? His bank, her bank. 
meaning that if you want a good, strong, healthy marriage, you need to make deposits in each other's banks, okay? And I try to do that, I, I, you know, my marriage, I try to do something nice for Mindy, and, and, and she'll do something nice for me. Why? Because I know down the road I'm going to do something that's going to make her unhappy. Because I'm a man and I can't help it. Okay? Um, and I'll tell you this, as long as I've got some deposits put in her bank, well, she'll just take a draw and we'll be okay. But I'll tell you, when relationships get in trouble is when you keep making draws and there's nothing there. And the problem with that is, is when you get to that point, you, you continue to make the draws, there's nothing there, and, and that usually leads to the disillusion of the relationship. A lot of times whenever I'm talking uh, to couples, I'll take and I'll say, listen, you need to put deposits in his account, and you need to make deposits in her account, okay? And, by the way, find out what they like deposited there. You know, we talk about, uh, somebody help me, what are those, the, uh, what are they called? The love languages, yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to uh, learn a long time ago that my wife would rather have money in the bank than flowers on her table. And I thought, well, flowers, that means you love your wife. And said, well, not if you're spending money we don't have. <laughs> you guys understand? And so, uh, and so well, I, I did this because it makes me happy. I appreciate that, but that's depositing in your bank. <laughs> okay. You've you got to deposit one another bank. Well, here's my whole point. When you go f- to encouraging yourself, sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we can talk ourselves up, and sometimes we can say, oh, come on, you can do it, and, and everything will be fine. Why? Because you've got to reserve there. You've been doing your devotions. You've been to church. You've sang your praises. You've, you've enjoyed the fellowship of God's people. Amen. And, and, and if you will, uh, you've got a reserve there that you can draw from, and you can get yourself through some things. But I've got to tell you, if you're continually doing it in, in your strength, your strength, your strength, pretty soon you're going to be drawn from an empty bank. You guys understand? And so if you will, when the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, did he have a full bank to draw from? Man, he's the sweet psalmist of Israel. He sang praises to God every day. He, he, he took and he was constantly meditating on the goodness and the greatness of his God. And so when the time got difficult, all he had to do is say, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Can I ask a question? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? I mean, talk to me. This this. I'll give you some of my opinions. How can we encourage ourselves in the Lord? Well, just one of the things is when we make that deposit, yeah, only doing your devotions so that you can get through the day. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Jim. Amen. I don't want to dig too much into my morning message, but isn't that what Job did? Naked came I into this world, naked shall I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God gave, God took away. It was his to give, and it was his to take away. Amen. So just remembering who God is and what we are in relationship to him.
Yeah. What else? Yeah, sing songs, man. Sing songs. And uh, sing a happy song. Amen? Sing one that... Any of y'all ever, in a time of difficulty, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known think about it it's that, it's that personal walk you can just take and sing a song to encourage yourself and just remember by the way David wrote them we get to sing them okay we get to sing them but you can do that and just, I mean, just think, listen, did anybody sing that, at least in your mind? Did it lift your spirit just a little bit? Isn't, isn't that amazing, just singing that song? That's good. Amen. Any other ways to encourage ourselves in the Lord? Remember his promises? Amen. Y'all, any of y'all have favorite verses? Why are they your favorites? Yeah, yeah. I got to be honest with you, I, I think some of y'all know my testimony. I thought I got saved when I was 11. I, I, I know I got saved when I was 22. And that's the reason that verse, I know in whom I believed, is so precious to me. Because when, when, when you're not sure if you're saved, you got you to gotta know. And man, I love that verse. Man, that encourages me. Especially when I sin. Not, not that I would ever sin. Isn't it nice to know you're still his? And he still loves you. Amen. Okay. See, David, he, his source of strength was not in himself, but it was in his God. And uh, this is where David started, but that was where Israel had to get. Okay. They had to get to the place where they were encouraged themselves in their God, their reservoir, their resource, not in them. Okay. So why do I think a lot of us are discouraged? I tell you, a lot of us are discouraged because we're just trying to encourage ourselves all the time. We're just trying to draw from our well. And God says, no, I'm, I'm the resource. I'm the relationship. I'm the one. Okay? And so uh, uh, just real quick, I, I, I want to touch on this, and then I'll, I'm going to come back and, and teach on it on another day. But do go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. In verse 28, and the Bible says, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled even up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakin there. Now, you guys know what's going on there. They're getting ready to inherit the promised land, and they send in the 12 spies. And... Um, and only David, excuse me, only Caleb and, um, and thank you, Joshua, come out, okay, and say, hey, we're well nigh able. Why? If God let us do that, he'll let us do this, you know. And so they had faith. Well, can I just tell you this? When you're a person of faith and you're dwelling in a world of the unfaithful, 
How many of y'all, a lot of what I talked about even this morning, if you told your family or friends you were going to do those things to be encouraged, they would laugh at you? <laughs> that really doesn't work, does it? You know, and, 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 uh, and so they go off and they try all their nonsense that you know doesn't work, amen? But they'll ridicule you for what you're trying to do. Y'all with me? And, uh, and so if you will, he says, listen, the people were discouraged. They, they had a lack of strength. Why? Because they went in and they saw the giants there. Okay, that'll preach, won't it? Uh, they saw the giants there. Well, go to chapter 3 and look at verse 28. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 28. And the Bible says, But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Okay? Did y'all get it? Deuteronomy 3.28. Now think about this. If you read the context of that, he says, none of you guys are getting in. Only Caleb and Joshua. And Joshua, he's going to get that mountain. I want that mountain. Amen? What did I say? Joshua? Caleb? Can I tell you, I appreciate my church. (laughs) You guys know what I mean, so I appreciate that. Um... But Joshua was going to have to lead them in 40 years later, okay? Now, think about this. Think about what Moses had to deal with. Every time he turned around, somebody was murmuring and complaining or lack of faith or disobedience or challenging his authority or blah, 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 blah. That verse 38, folks, is 40 years before. That verse is 40 years before. He says, pray for Joshua. Pray for Joshua. Why? Because he's going to have to lead them in. Okay? Here's my whole point. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I think everybody would raise their hand. But how many of y'all need to be encouraged every once in a while? Think about this for a second. He says, why don't you pray for Joshua? By the way, he's not going to need it for 40 years. Start praying for him now. Amen? You know, we have our prayer requests out there, and we have our prayer list and and everything like that. And a lot of times we're praying for God to move or to work or to do something. You know, a lot of times we probably ought to be in prayer for the person making the request. Why? Because it's a burden on their heart. Amen? Have you all get discouraged by that? Think about this. I, I, I was thinking about um, the Lakeys on their way home from Kentucky. They see this wreck. It's a pneumonia truck. And um, when I was 19 years old, I used to work in the oil field. And we had to do what was called logging of wells. You would take a tool and you'd put it down the well. And uh, the radioactive source would tell you where all the layers of rock were so you knew where to perforate the well to, to produce the oil. Okay. And uh, you would make, back in the day, uh, they didn't have the computers that we have today. And so you would actually have to print out the logs. Okay, you'd have to print them out. Some of you guys remember mimeograph. Now, help me. Any of y'all carnal enough to remember when you got it, you'd, you'd smell it? Okay. <laughs> it smelled terrible, but it just had a smell. So you're like, well, that was developing ammonia. 
okay? And uh, we used to have to take this ammonia and put it in, um, and put it in the developer for making the, the prints and everything like that. And then when we got done, we would take, we would put water in those jugs to clean the cable because the, the mud would come off of the thing. It would mess up the, the, the dial that measured how far the tool went into the hole. And I'm going to let you in a little secret. Ammonia and water are the same color. So the only way to know what was in the jug <laughs> was to open the lid and... And the first time I did that without knowing, I just opened the lid and went, can I tell you, it knocked me backward about, I almost fell down, okay? And so when you talked about that, my heart immediately, I just, wow. And then found out that five people died, children. By the way, hadn't been doing anything, just happened. Died in their house, okay? My understanding anyway, Okay. Please take this the right way. That might be a burden that that family carries the rest of their life. That's one of their praises this morning is how well the boys handled it. Because um, Reese called um, Jimmy and Marshall called me. Just asked for prayer. Praise God. You know what essentially they were saying? Hey, we're, we're in a fix right here. We could use a little bit of encouragement. And folks, what I'm trying to tell you is that encouragement came through prayer. Okay? Y'all believe in prayer? And sometimes we can pray even before the battle happens. We don't always have to pray after it happens. So we got some prayer requests in this room. You know what's coming, and we can pray to encourage now, we can't personally encourage them, but we got a God in heaven who can. Amen? And so, if you will, they're saying right here, 40 years from now, Joshua's got a big job. Would you pray for him that he's able to do it? He's going to need strength, courage, encouragement. Okay? And so, God is teaching us this principle even from the beginning here uh, with Joshua. And so, it's a ministry of encouragement. We can have a ministry of encouragement. All right? Uh, I'll talk about that more down the road here. But we can have a ministry of encouragement. Praise the Lord for, for encouragers in the church, okay? And there ought to be more than one. There ought to be people gifted or part of, part of your gifting to take and to encourage one another. And then, last of all, I just want you to see the wicked and encouragement. Go, if you will, uh, to Psalm 64. Psalm 64. Psalm 64, he's talking about, uh, in verse 2, the Bible says he's talking about the wicked, okay? And he talks about all that they do. Um, in verse 3, the Bible says, Who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. Wicked people try to destroy you. They try to take your strength away. They try to discourage you. The Bible says in verse four it says that they may shoot in secret at him that uh, that perfect in secret at the perfect suddenly do they shoot at him and they fear not. I mean they, they they'll try to break you down. They don't care. That's what it's saying right there. But then, uh, uh, if you will look at verse five. The Bible says they encourage themselves in an evil matter. 
think about that. The Bible's talking about, he says, wicked people encourage themselves to be a discouragement to you. That's what he's talking about. And so I'm just telling you that we, we live in a world that has all kinds of opportunities for discouragement. That's why encouragement is so important, okay? What do we learn today? We learned this. We can't encourage ourselves, okay, unless we got something to draw from. And if we're going to encourage ourselves, we ought to encourage ourselves in the things of God, in his person, in his word, in his psalms, in his praise, in our prayer, okay? And then also know this, that the wicked, they are intentionally trying to discourage us, okay? They're intentionally trying to break us down and to beat us down. I will promise you this. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, the election. The opposing party always tries to discourage the other party's vote, okay? And so what they'll do is say, ah, you shouldn't even bother showing up to the polls. You're going to lose so bad, right? Or, or you're going to win so big, you don't need to show up to the polls. The whole idea is they're trying to discourage you so that they can have power over you. Uh, this is the first lesson on encouragement. Pray that we'll build layer upon layer, and it'll be an encouragement to you. And we are done.